Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. As we are coming up on the new year, legislatures all across the country are preparing to go into session. That's true here in Texas, where I live. It's true up in Washington, D.C., where the federal government, federal legislature, Congress meets. And so a lot of people are concerned about a lot of different things that need to be done. Conservatives, Christians in particular, have a lot of things that need to be dealt with. All this crazy stuff we're seeing out there more and more from the left trying to impose this anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Jesus worldview on the rest of us and dishonor God in the process and do some really bad things. And I'm not saying that things like transgender effects on kids aren't important things that shouldn't be dealt with. They, they are bad and they should be dealt with. But I think sometimes we misplace our priorities in the fact that, and because we forget that we really can't stop and we'll never be successful in stopping big government from taking away our una- uh, God-given unalienable rights. And if we just focus on the rights themselves and protecting them, we're going to lose that battle. Instead, I'd suggest that the only successful path forward in dealing with all this, the path to liberty, is for us to focus our efforts into turning big government into little government. We're going to talk about this more in detail on this week's episode, episode 105 of the Liberty Cafe. Hi, my name is Bill Peacock, and I'm very glad to have you here with me. As I always am, I'm blessed to have you here as those who listen to the Liberty Cafe and those who participate in the battle for freedom here in Texas and across the United States. Maybe some of y'all are out there even listening to me across the world fighting for liberty. I really appreciate it. And of course, I'm also appreciated and blessed by the folks over at Texas Scorecard, the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe, who are also doing great work in the battle for liberty. So go on over to TexasScorecard.com and see what you can do, see what they're doing, and see what you can do to join them in the battle for liberty. All right, so let's kind of dive into this issue just a little bit more. We've got a lot of things going on here in Texas, and I'm sure all these other, all your other folks in other states have them as well, not to mention what's going on up in Washington, D.C. Just here in Texas, the Texas Republican Party put together a list of eight priorities that kind of lay out what they want to achieve in the legislative session coming up. And and there's a lot of important issues there, right? The the integrity of elections, uh, getting, stopping Republicans in the House from appointing Democrats as chairs of important committees, or any committees for that matter, dealing further with abortion, protecting the lives of the unborn, all this sexualizing of Texas kids, and, and mutilating Texas kid through the trans uh, gay agenda. Also, there's the just the issue of the border and the continued invasion of foreigners, aliens, into Texas. And what's going on with that? There's parental rights in keeping public schools in Texas from from teaching our children uh, this anti-God agenda. Uh, particularly when it comes to gays and homosexuals and and but just anything related to 
a worldview that doesn't teach what God wants us to be teaching our children. Gun ownership is another one. So those are the big issues that they put together. Again, those are really important issues. But but I think if we're going to make headway on on these things, we, we've got to step back a little bit because going after these things is a little bit about like playing whack-a-mole. You know, integrity of elections, hit that down, then all of a sudden transgender mutilization of kids pops up, right? I mean, it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. We, we hit that one, then another one pops up. So I think we need to step back and figure it out. Okay, so we've, we've got this problem with big government, right? What are we going to do to make big government small so it really doesn't matter what the government does? Here's the context I'd put that in. So if we go back all the way to 1700 or so and look at the federal spending— and really, uh, you don't have federal spending back in um, in 1700, but you, you got that. You had a lot of state spending, and then you had English spending, and then you had the American government coming in. And you look at federal spending as a percent of the U.S. GDP since about the the 18th century and moving up to today. You know, historically, back in the early the the 1700s and the early 1800s, the um, Spending was about 2%. That meant that the spending of the federal government was 2% of the overall size of the economy. That jumped up during the Civil War to 4%, fell back to 3%. And then we moved into the 19, 1900s, and we had World War One, which took it up to over 8%. It dropped back down under good Calvin Coolidge, down to about the 5%. And then FDR got a hold of it and it went up to 10%. And then we got World War II and it jumped up to 28%. It, and it really hasn't gone down much since that time. If you look at by decade by decade, the lowest it got during that whole time after World War II is about 20%. So that's 10 times government, 10 times the size of government that it was in, in colonial days. And, you know, if we go back to only to the early 1900s, it's still about seven times as big as it was uh, back in those days. And now we've got a whole new ball game at work here. For 20, 2020 and 21, federal government spending is 37% of the economy. Now, we don't have 2022 numbers yet, and so we'll we'll see what those look like. It might have gone down a little bit, but you know, given what they've been doing this year, I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. And so all of a sudden, we have this massive takeover of the American economy. But you know, it's not just the economy; it's our lives as we see it more and more. Because a government that has enough money to make up over a third of the economy also has enough money to come after us and our rights. And that's the point I'm trying to make here, that there's no way that we can stop a government that is this massive and this big from going after us and our rights that God has given us, life, liberty, property, the pursuit of happiness, however we want to describe those things. And it's, it's just getting worse and worse. Same thing is going on here in Texas, right? And I, I won't go through all the numbers, but for 2020, the, the share of Texas 
state and local spending as a percent of gross state product is almost 18%. That's the highest it's ever been. The highest it had gotten before was 17%. As, mo as recently as 2014, it was down to about 15%. Uh, but particularly since Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott have taken over in their leadership roles, we've gone from 15% all the way up now to over 18%. Massive increases in government involvement here in Texas. And, you know, while we may think and believe, and probably rightly so, that what Texas government is doing is not nearly as bad as what the federal government is doing, they're still doing a lot of bad things here in Texas. And we've seen all kinds of examples of that. Public schools are just one example of that. And of course, the problem is not going to get any better. Matter of fact, it's getting worse very quickly. The Texas legislature is dealing with, or not dealing with, but has right standing before them a $27 billion budget surplus, this biennium. And uh, our controller, Glenn Hager, has said it's going to be bigger than that by the time the legislature gets into town. So let's just go with $30 billion. And that's just what they have extra left over from this biennium, two-year budget cycle. If you look forward into the next two-year budget cycle, which is the, the budget they're going to be adopting in January and going forward, they're going to have another, my guess is probably another $15 billion extra dollars at least. So we're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of $45 billion more than they spent or are spending right now on Texas government. That's over a two-year period, but that's still a lot of money. And while we would all love to see most of that money returned to us in the form of tax cuts, like how about getting rid of property taxes or at least the school property taxes or reducing the sales tax, uh, Texas House Speaker Dade Phelan just this week indicated that he has no interest in something like that, that with inflation going on, there's just no telling how much it's going to take to run Texas government, and we need to make sure we save that money so that we can run Texas government. Of course, what he's saying is we need to have that money to run Texas government so we can Texas government can run your lives and push this left-wing LBGTQ agenda on you, Texas taxpayers and citizens. So that it just is continuing to get worse and worse and worse on that. And another example of this is the Texas electricity grid. Right? Everybody remembers how things fell apart in Texas, and we had historic blackouts in 2021. The main cause of those, well, yeah, the main cause of those being government intervention in the Texas electric grid. Right? Yes, it got really cold, but if the government hadn't spent the last 20 years or so, 15 years or so before that, intervening in the market, because it's kind of funny what they did. About 2005 or so, they started getting scared of competition. And they're going, oh, no, prices are getting too high. We need to start r regulating the market so to keep the prices low. And they did. They went after companies and fined them millions of dollars, or attempted to anyway, and trying to push the price low. Well, they were successful in some ways in that. Then came along renewable energy subsidies, pushing the price of electricity any lower. Just to make clear, 
it didn't make electricity cheaper. It simply made the market price go lower, but we're still paying higher prices for it through through income taxes and property taxes, all these subsidies that were going into renewable energy. So because of subsidies and intervention in the market by regulators, electricity prices started going down for, and the profits started going down for people who were investing in reliable generation of natural gas, particularly those who wanted to build plants that were powered by natural gas. So guess what? People stopped building those plants and they started building plants made by or powered by wind and the sun. And so what we've had over the years is that the massive amount of electricity has gone, money has gone into chasing these subsidies. It's It's been about $26 billion worth of subsidies over the period of time that has resulted in investments, about $66 billion of investments chasing those renewable subsidies. And then when we put into, uh, take into account the, the IRA, what was that, the Inflation Reduction Act, that the Biden administration and Congress recently passed, and this new plan that the Texas Public Utility Commission has put in place to restructure the market because it wasn't working. Of course, it wasn't working because they were interfering with it, but now they're going to interfere with it more. If you put those two together, we're going to go from renewables being about 85% of the share of new generation over the last uh, four years or so, to renewables being 98% of all new generation over the next five years. So they haven't fixed a thing. Matter of fact, they're making it worse and they're ignoring it. So, so why is all this happening? Well, of course, it's all happening because government is too big. Right? They, they get into our lives, they take our money, and then they have all this money and all these people who can tell us what to do and push this trans, gay, non-Christian, non-liberty-oriented crony corporatist agenda on us all. And if we just focus on those things, again, we have to fight skirmishes and battles on those things. We can't just abandon those. But if that's all we're focusing on, we're going to lose the battle. And I think that's part of the problem today because I look around and I see very few people willing to stand up and take on growth and government spending. That's one reason that the Texas legislature has failed miserably over the last 25 years in their efforts to bring property tax relief to Texans. Five times since then-Governor George W. Bush started the effort to bring property tax relief, they have spent billions and billions of our dollars. That's how they do it. They spend billions of our dollars to give us property tax relief. Yet what happens is those billions of dollars get spent mainly on schools, but we see very little or zero, in most cases, property tax relief out of that. They spend more money, our property taxes go up, other taxes go up, and we lose. Nobody will stand up and say, we're spending too much money. You know, we, we focus some on taxes and tax relief, and that's good, but the only reason our taxes keep going up is because spending keeps going up. And so if we're going to fight this, 
and we should fight it, then we need to shift our focus a little bit and put more emphasis on making big government into small government. And I've got a few recommendations here about how we can do that. First, we need to adopt what I call the Liberty Budget. That's a zero growth uh, budget, zero growth in state spending. So when we, like the legislature comes into session in January, they look at how much they spent last session. That's all they can spend this session under the Liberty Budget. They can't spend any more. I would suggest if they did that, we would have a budget surplus. They would have a budget surplus of about uh, 40 to $45 billion. And they could immediately use that money to start buying down property taxes, school property taxes, and or uh, sales taxes. It would be easy to do. You just Now, I think ultimately we need to reverse the size of government, make it smaller. So even a zero growth budget only takes us so far, but it's a good place to start. Now, trying to make that happen, it's simple, but it's not easy. But it's a place we have to start. We have to stop state government from growing because if you ask yourself, do you think government's already too big and you say no, then you shouldn't be worrying about doing things like, oh, we got to allow for population growth plus inflation because they're already doing too much. So we stop them and then population growth plus inflation just makes them focus on doing what they're already doing more efficiently or stop doing some things they're doing because they shouldn't be doing them in the first place. So that's number one. Number two, I think we need to, to make all local governments get permission to increase property taxes at all. Uh, right now there's in something in place called the no new revenue tax rate where it doesn't create any new revenue from existing developed properties. You know, if people go out, you know, somebody takes a piece of empty land and builds a new building on it, that's not the revenue from that. The property tax revenue is not included in that calculation. So, so if we change the situation where you had to go to voters, if they wanted to exceed this no new tax rate, you would still allow local government spending to increase by a percent or two, which I don't think is a good idea at one level, but it's a good place to start. And then if the local government wants to spend more money, they can go to the taxpayers, the local taxpayers, and ask them. And if the taxpayers think that's a good thing, well, they can give them permission to do that at the polls. I think ultimately you have to work on that even, but it's a good place to start. Slow the growth of local government spending. We also need to get control over education spending. The first place to do that is just freeze school property taxes. We can't let them go up anymore. And then we need to use a lot of this budget surplus just to buy down school M&O property taxes until they're gone. We, if we did that with zero growth, we could do that in about seven years, seven to eight years or so. School taxes would go away really quickly if we did, did that. And as we stop school property taxes and the state gets better control over the funding of schools, then we could also, and this also would apply to higher education, we could stop this runaway growth of spending for higher education and public schools. The next thing I think we need to do is get Texas government out of the energy business because all that money, all those interventions in the market that the Texas government is doing right now, it's going to cost Texans about $6 billion a year. 
that's a pretty big tax. If they tried to pass that through the legislature, nobody would stand for it. But since they're doing it in the back rooms of the Texas Public Utility Commission, nobody's really paying attention to that. So we just need to get the government out of energy markets like they should be out of most markets and let let the markets and the people involved in the markets decide that. There's a big $6 billion tax cut, which would end a lot of the corny corporate cronyism that's going on here in America. We also need to just get out of Medicaid. As long as the federal government is controlling a huge portion of state spending, I think it's about 25% of all the state funds that we spend goes into Medicaid. Could be wrong, but it's in that ballpark. As long as the federal government's controlling that, we just can't do anything to really cut the size and scope of Texas government. So we need to get out of Medicaid. There's a lot of smart people who could figure out how to do what the state is doing with Medicaid more efficiently than what they're making us do in Washington, D.C. And as we go through that process, we would probably see that there's a lot of things that we shouldn't be doing at all and that charity and people could take care of these things for themselves. And then finally, we should spend a lot of time defunding the Texas regulatory state with people telling us how to run our business and our lives, those types of things. All right, so that's what I think we need to do and focus on those things if to make big government small. And so because small government won't be doing the things that we're most worried about, right? Ruining our lives, running our lives, ruining our children, teaching them things that they shouldn't know and learn. And so that's the path forward, I would suggest, for making big government small. Well, thank you for joining me on today's Liberty Cafe, episode 105. And thanks again to Texas Scorecard for being the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.